Are you ready to get fired up? This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is a weekly show filled with stories of inspiration, lessons learned, and ready-to-use tools to light a fire under you. This show is hosted by me, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, and I want to share the amazing stories of CEOs, professionals, and everyday people on their journey to awesomeness. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and please leave us a review. We would love, 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 love it. If you got questions, comments, or celebrations, we want to hear them. So reach out at spitfirepodcast.com. Now, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get to the show. What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, ready to bring you another awesome episode. Now, for the past couple months, you've heard me ranting and raving about all the things that I've learned in coaching sessions and the things that are really making me passionate. But today, I am joined by a guest, so it's not just me ranting at you. I am joined by the founder of Hire My Mom, Leslie Pyle, straight out of the great state of Texas, and you'll hear her fabulous accent a little bit. Uh, I have been a recent user of Hire My Mom, and I was just so excited to tap into her story, learn a little bit about what she gets passionate about, what might be holding her back a little bit, and really just start to scratch into that entrepreneurial mind of her. So Leslie, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. All right, so we're going to get right to it. I've been reading your bio. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. She started HireMyMom.com. But that's not the first endeavor you've had in the entrepreneurial landscape, now is it? No, it isn't. And I'm probably a dinosaur compared to some of your other listeners because I got my start in the internet world in 1996. That was like at the dawn of internet land. Yes. So most of y'all were in kindergarten and I was first time mom. And um, I, at that time, I've, I kind of laughed because in one of your podcasts, you referred to, I think it was when you were talking about hiring my mom, how they, women, you know, they go to work, they have their suits and their stilettos, their briefcase, and then all of a sudden they, they become moms. And that's not what's important to them anymore. You said something along those lines. And I thought, you know what, she nailed me because I had just finished my master's degree. I had zero intentions of staying at home. I was going to be Miss Corporate America and I was going to work on the 72nd floor of some big building and just climb that corporate ladder. Well, motherhood had other things in mind for me. And when I had my first baby, I went back to work after my six week maternity leave and I cried every single day. I mean, I did not expect that. But my, I guess my attachment to her and my desire to be a bigger part of her life really impacted me. So long story short is I went home, I was like, this isn't going to work for me. And in 1995, working from home wasn't a thing. So my employer at the time, I was doing PR and marketing for a golf school, promoting their clinics around the country. They weren't open to any kind of flex time or work at home part time or anything like that. So talked to my husband and I was like, I can't do this. What can we do? And he was like, well, do you want to give it a run doing the freelance thing? Freelance was a thing thankfully, but it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. So that's what I did. I quit my job, but we knew that I had to make a minimum of $500 a month just to break even, basically cover our bills. And that was after we sold one of our cars. So we became a one car family. We ate ramen noodles like we did in college because we both put ourselves through college and we cut out cable TV and everything that you could cut out. So I started, I hit the ground running trying to get freelance work and was able to slowly build up enough to make it work. Um, And after about 
I'd say a year of doing that, I was like, okay, maybe it was six months. Where are my other mamas that are doing this? I cannot be the only one trying to work from home and, and grow a little. I, wasn't, I didn't have aspirations to grow into a big business. I just needed to make some money so I could stay at home with my babies. And so um, I could not find a way to connect to other moms. So that's where my business idea came from for my first website, which was called homebasedworkingmoms.com or hbwm.com. And it was kind of like a um, virtual chamber of commerce. So members could join. Um, it was a yearly fee and you got a monthly newsletter. There was no e-newsletters at the time. Um, we did like membership discounts on office supplies, things like that. We'd do member profiles so people could learn from each other, buy from each other. We had online forums because this was way before uh, any social media. So you could post on the message boards and all that that people probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, so that was great. I did that for 14 years. And my biggest source of revenue ended up being advertising because there were a lot of companies that were looking for moms. Some of them were, you know, the uh, home parties like creative memories and that sort of thing. But some of them were actually um, smaller businesses looking for moms to work from home. And so that's when I knew that the tides were changing and working from home was becoming more accepted. So then my next light bulb went off and I was like, you know, I really need to provide a platform solely for the purpose of moms meeting small businesses and entrepreneurs, kind of like match.com, but for small businesses and moms so that they can find each other. And social media was coming around. So my, my first website was kind of losing its purpose because you really didn't need a place to find each other anymore. You had lots of other options. So I transitioned into hiring my mom in 2007 and have been doing this now for almost 13 years. So that means that your next business is within the next year, right? It's got to be, right? <laughs> it has to be. It's not the 17-year itch for you. It's the 14-year itch. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk through Hire My Mom a little bit because when I went onto your website, I thought, this is brilliant because when you think of home-based businesses and you think of working moms, you know, you have the multi-level marketing and you mm -hmm. have people who are kind of at the, the whim of whoever's offering the the paid service or, or who you're going to work for, but you take a different take on it. So it's not just anybody who pays for a posting. They have to go through a special step with you. Yes. Yeah, so our website is a little more rigorous. We are more picky, choosy on the types of jobs that can be posted. So a few differences with our website are it does have to be 50% home-based. You know, sometimes you have an, a job where they need you to come into the office once a month or something like that. So it's primarily home-based, but they need someone local. So that's one. Number two, we don't allow any kind of multi-level marketing, network marketing, because you can find those just going outside your window, you know, outside the neighbors, people you interact with, everybody knows in, uh, network marketing. So we didn't want our members to have to weed through that stuff on our website. They can go elsewhere to find that. Um, we're also North America based. So if you go on our website, you won't get candidates from some of the other countries. Um, so we block our website from outside countries. We're just mainly um, U.S. and Canada, but we do have a, a few in other English-speaking countries. And we do that for a couple of reasons, because um, a lot of the people that uh, come to us to find uh, virtual assistants or social media or whatever, they're looking for someone who, are, who is familiar with the U.S. business culture and, and someone near or in their time zone, someone that they're not going to have to wait, you know, 16 hours for them to get up to work and that sort of thing. 
Um, and not only that, I didn't want, as a mom myself, I didn't want our members to have to compete with someone who charges $2 an hour. Because let's face it, if you live in the United States, you can't work for $2 an hour. So I didn't want that competition going on. Uh, so there was a lot of factors leading up to that, but it's, it's made our website more valuable to the businesses who know they don't have to weed through thousands of resumes from overseas to find that great candidate. Gotcha. So it's really meeting both parties where they are. So seeing the needs of the small businesses, seeing the needs of the, of the stay-at-home moms who want that flexibility, but also want to be paid for their work. Right, exactly. So it's, it's working. Kind of working knowing, your, knowing your market and kind of staying in your lane because I'm a mom and I'm an entrepreneur. So I kind of can see it from both sides. Um, not an expert, but you know, I, I know what I need as a small business owner and I know what I value as a mom. So I kind of have an uh, opportunity to balance the two. I'm pretty sure that makes you an expert. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, there, but there's so many times, so I work a lot with small business owners and I see a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle with trying to emulate what other people are doing, trying to compare themselves to, let's say you were going up against Indeed or Monster. So right. really niching into who does this serve who does this benefit and how and why? It sounds like you have a lot of clarity around that. Yes. And we don't compete with the big businesses. We don't go after the corporate jobs. Like, you know, there are jobs from Amazon or Marriott that are work from home, but they don't fit in our ideal lane. And so we really love serving small businesses, entrepreneurs, coaches, real estate agents. Like, and we, we develop personal relationships a lot of times because we are more of a boutique website. So if you post on Indeed, you're never even going to know the name of the person behind the computer there. Yeah. And it's, it's so great the way that it's set up of you get to really build relationships with the candidates who are applying to the job posting. Like I ended up having so many options that I'm like, well, I just want to pick everybody. <laughs> yes. The quality of people that are applying to these jobs are really amazing. They are, you know, because I post when I need help, I go to my own website and I post jobs. So it's great to see it from the employer side now too. And we also have, um, you may have noticed the small business concierge service that we just started uh, two months ago. And so that service is for the even extra busy entrepreneur or small business owner who's like, I need help, but I don't want to or have time to hire someone. Can you do it for me? So with that service, we'll, you know, help with the job post, we'll post it, review the candidates, um, prepare questions, interview, check LinkedIn, and then provide the small business owner with a list of qualified candidates, the top three-ish, you know, depending on what kind of feedback we get. And then we'll provide candidate summaries and the recorded Zoom interview for them to make the final selection. And so um, that's been really neat because as far as I know, no one else offers that. Oh, that's brilliant. And that's what everyone hates to do. I, you know, it's funny because I'm not an HR person. So when I have to hire someone, I'm like, oh, I got to hire someone. I got to go through that process again. So I know other business owners probably feel that way too. And yeah. so just this week alone, we've had four um, businesses contact us to purchase that. So I was like, I guess that was a good idea. So yeah. I'm onboarding my third HR specialist this week. So it's been a crazy week. So I already had two, awesome. you know, cause they, I'm not the HR person. So I've got HR people that I found on hire my mom to help me with that. So it's really fun, but it's been a busy week. Yeah. Do you know what actually is, is the worst part of the hiring process? What's that? Not selecting the candidate, but letting the other people down. 
it's the worst feeling and and you never say the right thing and you can never like you try to be as transparent as possible of like you know it's just not the skills that i'm looking for and it's a gut-wrenching thing yes you just don't want to let people down and disappoint them yeah but it tells me that you did tell them that they weren't chosen because a lot of times our small businesses don't even respond to the ones and i'm like oh just just let them know because there's nothing worse than hanging on a thread thinking, well, maybe that job's going to come through and never hearing from them. I'm like, you got to at least say, you know, we've made our selection. And although you were highly qualified, you weren't the best fit or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so great that you're doing this service because I feel like it's, it's allowing people to get the information that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think also educating small business owners of if you were on the receiving end of this, you would want to know so that you can move on and continue right. your own application process down the line. Right, and if you posted a job, you probably got my email saying, the number one complaint we get from job seekers is not hearing back from the, the people who post the job. So I even kind of coach them, like just send this and I give them a little brief example. It only two, three, four sentences. It's just, it'll take you 10 minutes and it will make them feel so much better just to yeah. know that they can move on to the next job. Yeah, except I have had people reply to that response and they're like, tell me what I need to do differently. And I'm like, Oh no. So, yeah. That's the tricky part because then you're like, I don't have time, but thank you. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a tough one because if you've had 40 candidates, you don't have time to coach them all on how they can improve. Right. And imagine a coach trying to turn off the coach. It's not oh, good. That's right. <laughs> it can you're really right. turn into a rabbit hole. So I'm like, do not enter this. Sign up on my website and become my client and I can help you. You know what I do? I actually send them eBooks and, and podcasts. Like here's something that can help you along the way. Perfect. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And actually like when I had an interview with someone like, you know, skill sets not really in line with, I'm look, what, with what I'm looking at, but check out these courses that can help you get well-versed in these areas. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And I think just telling people from the front end, but uh, there's some people who are very combative and don't want to believe that they're not a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's that, those are the tricky ones, but that's yeah. people in general. So if you're not willing to have transparency and open communication, then that's probably not going to work out on the back end. That's right. Yes. And it probably says what kind of business owner you are too. (laughs) (laughs) So as you were getting started, um, let's talk about the first business. So when you think about from idea to executing or, you know, even doing the planning to full on launch, what was the timeframe for you? You know, I was such a baby um, entrepreneur. I don't only worked a real job, you know, corporate, it wasn't even a corporate job for less than a year. So I did not have a ton of business experience. I had my bachelor's in journalism and PR and my master's in marketing and PR. So what was beautiful about that is one of the main things I felt like I needed to start my businesses. My, my first one was marketing and PR. And so I didn't know, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have any big lofty like goals. I just knew I was passionate about working from home and I was passionate about helping other moms originally in, in, you know, 1996. And so I used that PR background and was able to get publicity in baby magazine within the first few months, which was, I don't even know if it's still around, but at the time it was the magazine that you got when you went to the OB gin for your checkups. Mm -hmm. So it was like my target market. Thank you. 
And so from there, I got several other pieces of publicity that really helped to launch that business. I don't know how I would have done it otherwise, because the internet was still new. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there wasn't a place to go to Facebook or spread the word. Um, it was all old-fashioned mailed news releases to these different media outlets. And then, you know, somebody would tell somebody, and then next thing you know, it was just growing mainly by word of mouth. Yeah. Oh, and I think that still is continuing on now. That's how I heard about Hire My Mom. And then I saw it on Instagram, and I was like, wait, I'm already following this account. That's great. Oh, how fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's still probably our biggest source of growth is word of mouth. And that's that awesome. is our organic Google rankings. And until last month, I had done zero advertising for hiring my mom. So wow. it's really, it's kind of, you know, some people have never heard of it. I'm like, there's a lot of people out there that could know more about hiring my mom. So just started Facebook ads, kind of put my foot into the, the marketing world there. So we'll see. Maybe just a little dabble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making sure that I scale smartly because like I said, this week, having four of these concierge projects come in unexpectedly, like. Oh, okay, I got to get on this and I've got to create systems and I've got to get my HR people lined up that are going to take on these projects. What's their availability? Who's going to handle the contracts in the, in the beginning and all that. So it's kind of those fun growth pains that you uh, experience when you launch a new service. Yeah. Well, at least it's a success related issue. Yes. Yes. <laughs> growth related to success and having to put new systems in is the best way to build them out. Because otherwise, it's all hypothetical of here's what could happen. And then you get yourself into it, and it's nowhere near what you anticipated it to be. That's right. And you said you found this on Instagram. So I'll tell you a fun little fact about that. Um, so my oldest, my inspiration for starting all of this is 24 now. And she just had her baby, her first and my only grandchild. Uh, and he's 15 months, but she graduated and did not want to go to work right away. She wanted some time with him. So she is now my social media person. So when you see her, my mom on Instagram, that's my oldest. So I love how it's kind of come full circle. Like she was my inspiration and now she's doing a lot of my social media. So it's kind of fun. That's very cool. So yeah. it, it's clearly in the blood. You've passed it's in on the that. Blood. Yeah. Even though she uh, went to school and got a kinesiology degree, she originally wanted to be a wellness holistic doctor, but that's another four years of school. So for now, she's in social media with Hire My Mom. It's kind of connecting to it, wellness and yeah, <laughs> all that. So you're, it sounds like your brain is very process oriented. Mm -hmm. Am I right on that? Yes. Okay. I'm one of those that do, I do not operate well in disorganization. So I kind of need to have everything in a straight line or working towards a straight line. There's never, everything's not always in a straight line, but I'm moving towards that. Okay. When you're doing your processes, at what point do you start? The, the idea of the end or at the beginning? Hmm, that's a good question. I haven't thought about it like that. I think I start with the beginning, like what, what needs to happen first mm -hmm. go from there. For instance, I'm working on the process for this um, concierge program now that I'm having to onboard more than one person and I'm really having to walk through, okay, what's it look like step one all the way to the end? Awesome. So it's, it also sounds like you have a clear idea of what the end looks like. Yes. Of what a successful interaction or service looks yeah. like. And every time we do one, we learn a little bit more and I think it will only continue to improve. And we've only had raving feedback so far. So my very first one I didn't have an HR specialist yet. And I'm like, okay, I really got to figure this out. So I did the first one to learn, you know, so I could see it from my side in order to see 
how to basically train someone on what I envisioned this program to look like. So I quickly learned that, okay, this is not what I enjoy and I want to find someone who does. <laughs> but that's, that's so amazing because I feel like when people start businesses or when they're looking to grow, they're guesstimating what they need help with. So mm-hmm. they're not in that process mindset, but more of like, here, I need you to do this task, but they're not really looking at how does this impact other avenues of my business and how does this layer itself into my offerings? Right. Correct. So it's great that you do that. And also great that you understand that that is not for you. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's also the entrepreneurial crutch of, well, I don't have the budget. I don't have the means to offload this or to delegate this to anybody. So I have to do it myself. And they end up wasting a lot of time and energy doing it. Absolutely. And I always tell people, you know, that when you can't finish everything you need to finish, or you're not growing your business because you're too stuck in doing some of the mundane day to day, that look at what you could outsource, not only things that keep you busy that you shouldn't be doing, or things you just don't like doing. Um, And I think you'll find by freeing yourself up, you can put that time back in your business and grow. You know, you can hire a virtual assistant starting at five hours a week you know, and slowly give them more work as your business grows. So I've seen that a lot. Yeah. The businesses will post, I only need someone five or 10 hours a week, but with opportunity for growth. So they're thinking along those same lines. If I can just get someone, because I don't have, you know, a lot of work right now, but if I can transition some of this off my plate, then I can bring in more clients or I can grow my business. Mm -hmm. So let's walk through that process of a newbie to the hire my mom experience who's never had a virtual assistant, who's never had help come on. What is the first step that you would suggest for them other than signing up for hire my mom? Right. For a small business, I think it's really important to think about, just like I said, the task that you want done and what your end goal for that is, whether you just need someone to answer email, you need someone to write blogs, social media, and also to think what traits and skills that you need, what, what um, apps and technology are you using or could you use? And sometimes the virtual assistant will be skilled enough to tell you what you need, depending on where you're at in your business. So I think it's good to have a clear understanding of what you're looking for and what type of people you work well with. And so I know that you said you did a Zoom interview and I always do Zoom interviews too, because I don't want to just talk to someone on the phone. I want to get a feel for who they are and what they're like. Because like you said, just the, uh, the cues that you get through um, different things like eye contact or breath. And I was like, breath, I've never thought of that. That's pretty wow. mind-boggling to think you can even pay attention to their breath. So I think that's really important. And then don't look at just their resume. You know, go, I like to look at their LinkedIn profile, um, check their references. And, you know, it, according to what type of work it is, see some of their previous Um, work if it's something like writing or blogging or social media Um, and just really doing a thorough um, job before not just hiring anyone to hire someone because I think you'll you want someone to probably stay with you for a good while you don't want to have to train someone and train someone train someone so if you can find the right fit the first time it makes your life a lot easier gotcha so what about the the small business owner who is uh a control freak or likes to grab onto everything and has trouble releasing the grip? I think start small and let that person uh, build your trust in them. You know, it might be a little bit scary at first. And one of the things I do is I have anyone new that onboards with me, I have them copy me on all emails so that 
in case I didn't explain something clearly or they misunderstood that I can use that as further training. Um, okay, next time let's respond like this or next time let's do it like this so that they understand kind of what my, uh, how I envision interacting with clients and customers and that sort of thing. Or if there may be just something that I forgot to tell them. So I really like to, you know, kind of keep, keep tabs on them in the early, you know, the first few months at least to kind of make sure they understand what they're doing and how we want it done. Gotcha. So it's not just here, go fly away, but let's build together. Yes. And you know, it may even be that you use Zoom and share your desktop and show them because Zoom allows you to do that. So you can walk through processes and say, here's where this is. This is how I like it done. And this is where you need to do this and so on. So, and like I said, if you hire the right person, then you can take that off your plate and not have to worry about it. Um, The other piece of advice I would give is don't be chinchy because if you need someone, let's say you just need someone to do some basic administrative stuff then yes, you can probably find someone for 10 to $15 an hour. But if you're looking for higher level skills, um, somebody that knows uh, more technical, more uh, marketing or whatever it is that you need, someone higher level skilled, because we have candidates that have MBAs. So to, to offer an MBA $10 an hour is not going to get them. So if you need someone highly specialized, be willing to pay for that because their fees are probably going to be somewhere between 35 and 50 an hour, maybe more, depending on how specialized they are and what you're looking for. Gotcha. So it sounds like be clear on what you need, be clear on the skill set that you need and budget accordingly. Exactly. And start small if you need to. Awesome. So I want to kind of flip the script back to the entrepreneurial process of you in your inception to launch of Hire My Mom. And I'm curious, you know, you went from one website and one kind of like, you know, grassroots really and and hitting the ground running and connecting with key connectors. And then in 2007, the internet is booming. It's also (laughs) on the eve of the recession. And I'm curious how that impacted you in the launch of Hire My Mom. Well, I was fortunate that I already had a base of loyal followers, if you will, um, and lots of people who I could instantly get the word out that I've got this new business and website. So I kept home-based working moms up until about mm, four years ago. I just didn't do much with it. And then I just, I now have uh, forwarded that domain to hire my mom because it, it was, you know, 20 year old website and the value of having that traffic, I didn't want to lose it. Um, so now I already forgot what your question was. I got so, on a little tangent. <laughs> I told you we were going on tangents. So how do you think the recession impacted higher money? Oh, yeah, that's right. So believe it or not, 2008 and 2009 were my biggest years, even still to date. So the recession, the recession actually benefited my business. I did not foresee that. I wasn't thinking economically, wow, I need to take advantage of that. But there were a lot of moms who were stay-at-home moms whose husbands were losing jobs and they were looking for a way to kind of bridge the gap, looking for ways to earn income. So I got a lot of um, people from that and moms who lost their, their jobs themselves or women. I, the website's Hire My Mom, so obviously our target is moms, but we do have women who are not moms and we do have even some dads and some dog moms some grandmas. So, yeah. You got to include the dog moms. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, a dog mom three. It's so brilliant that, you know, you, you did design a recession-proof business. You mm-hmm. know, it's great when small businesses have money. It's great when there's a recession and people have to think creatively on how do I grow my business and also how do I make a living 
and, and work in an alternative venue. And I can't necessarily depend on a paycheck from a company. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's smart. And someone actually uh, got interviewed for a radio uh, show, a nationally syndicated radio show a couple of weeks ago um, about my opinion on co-working spaces during the recession. I just said, listen, it's want versus need. Someone can work in a coffee shop and not pay three to $400 a month right. to, have, to have a workstation. And they, they said, well, what would you do? And I said, well, I'm one of those businesses that does better in the recession. So not really applicable. But there are businesses that when people need to make money, when they want to be better, that they're going to invest in. That's right. And I think that's, it's like the stock market. When things are down is when you want to buy in. Yeah, I, exactly. And it's funny because my husband is a stockbroker. He's a financial advisor. So we both have that uh, I guess, business that it can or cannot be affected by the economy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's probably instinctual for you of, okay, this is temporary. So what do we do now? That's right. How do we make this work? Yes. So I'm curious, five to 10 years down the line, where, where are you in the ethers of entrepreneurship and hire my mom or whatever else is next? Yeah. You know, I ask myself that often, like, am I going to still be doing this um, in five or 10 years? And right now I say yes, because I still love what I do and I get excited about coming in and seeing what's new. What do I have to work on? And, you know, just seeing my business right now kind of being growing pains and like, okay, what, who's the next person that I need on my team? Um, it's, it's exciting to me because there's so much has changed with the internet and technology and social media that it's kind of made my business has evolved with that. And, and it's looking for new and creative ways to meet, my audience's needs, like with the new concierge program. So, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a mom, I still love what I do. I have such passion for it. I'm a, you know, now a first time grandma. It seems so weird. I was like, not expecting that this soon in life, but um, I still love the flexibility to work from home. We still, we have four kids and three of them are recent college graduates and one is in seventh grade. So I'm still, still got one under my wing at home. And I love that I can I want to go up and have lunch with her I can or if I want to take two weeks off and go to Italy which we're doing at the end of this month um, then I can and I can take my computer so I love the flexibility and an, as an entrepreneur I love knowing that we provide a great resource to help small businesses and I've heard it from so many of our small businesses that they only use our site now because they get such high quality candidates and a personal service that they don't get on indeed or Fiverr or Upwork or that sort of thing. So it excites me. So I don't know, five or 10 years, I may still be doing this. Maybe, you know, 20 years, who knows? Who knows? So I I ask all of my guests who come on, what would you say is your super spitfire power? It would have to be passion because I love, like I said, what I do. And I think if you have passion about what you do, then going to work is fun and you enjoy it. And making money, obviously, it's good too, because we all need money to live. But if you're just doing it for the money, I think you're at risk for burnout. And I think you're at risk for being unfulfilled. And I'm very fulfilled in what I do. And I think, you know, that's a blessing. It's a huge blessing, because I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I never set out to start my own business. But it's just kind of what God had for me without me even knowing, just knowing that, okay, this woman's going to be really, really into being home with her baby. So what are we going to do with that? Let's maximize it. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> okay. Now, what would you say is your kryptonite? <sighs> kryptonite. In what way? Like things that I hate or dread? or What are the things that drain your energy? Uh, definitely the people that, like you said, are um, negative and you can't please. Like we go over the top trying to provide the best service we can and the best customer service. If you're not happy for whatever reason, you know, we're happy to refund you. But there are some people that you just cannot please no matter how hard you try. And it's like they want to, you know, spit fire on you. And so those people really drain me. I guess I'm a people pleaser and I never really thought about it because I want to provide an excellent service for everyone. But I know that's unrealistic because not everyone is going to appreciate our values, our business, um, and, and all that we have to offer. You just can't. So, but yeah, yeah people really drain me and they make me sad. Mm. I, think, <laughs> I think there's an awareness point here of the people who are most aligned with you are going to get the best experience and the people who are not aligned can just take a seat. Yeah. They can that's why I'm like... Here's your money. Hit the road. I, I'm not able to help you, you know, so, but I still, it still bums me out because I want to help them, but mm -hmm. you just can't help everybody if they don't want to be no, helped. You can't. Yeah. You can't make everybody like you and think you're great and all that. So just get over it, Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> My mom always said to me, you are not for everyone and everyone is not for you. Oh, amen. That yeah. is so true. She also told me awesome needs to stand alone sometimes. <laughs> Ah, I haven't heard that. Yeah. So sometimes when, when you are on a trajectory that is on a different pace than the people around you, sometimes mm -hmm. you got to hang out by yourself and people will either come up to speed or you got to keep going on your own. Right. And sometimes that means a new core group of colleagues or friends. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That's it's true. Like shedding, shedding the layers of past you into the new you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Mom's got deep, deep words. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. You did it. <laughs> I know. She had hired my mom back then. She would have, who knows what she would be doing. Actually, she was yeah. a consultant like for most of my life. So oh, really? Yeah. That's probably where it came from. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you had to pass on a nugget of advice to either small business owners or people that are looking to join Hire My Mom or maybe on Hire My Mom, what would be that nugget? For the moms, I have my own set of advice for them. And one is I see moms who sign up and join and they don't have a lot of relevant skills for what small businesses need. So I'm always like, you really sometimes have to invest in yourself. And there's tons, as you probably know, training online, some great training, whether it's virtual assistant, social media, or training in like MailChimp or Asana, whatever it is that you're interested in, HubSpot. Uh, to, to invest in yourself so that you are more marketable. The other thing is I see some resumes and cover letters that I'm like, oh, bless your heart. That is not going to get you a job. And so taking the time and either doing it really well yourself. And again, you can go online and get some great examples and great um, uh, templates and things for both how to write and how to structure your resume or pay someone to do it if you can afford to. Um, because I hate when someone joins Hire My Mom and they don't get a job because I want them to be successful, but I have no control over their training, their resume, their cover letter, how well they interview. So when someone's not successful, it's not always because the jobs weren't there, but sometimes because of them. So my, my urgent advice is do what you need to do to make yourself the best candidate you can and invest in yourself. If you have to invest four or $500 in order to make money, 
then, you know, do what you can. If you have to work at Starbucks for a little while or something just to get up to speed. So that's my advice for the moms. And I think we've already talked a lot about for the employers, just really knowing what you want and being prepared to look ahead like I am right now. Like who else can I bring onto my team to help my business run more smoothly, give me more creative um, time to work on things that I like instead of being in the uh, day-to-day things. Like I'm thinking, okay, maybe I need someone just to manage the concierge program. So I'm not managing it because I've spent the last two days basically doing contracts and speaking to people and onboarding and stuff like that. So, you know, just forward thinking, what can I do to keep my business running smoothly and not bogged down in some uh, area? So it's kind of just forward thinking, I think is really good and helpful. Awesome. Well, maybe the, on the uh, applicant side, maybe there's another stream of services that you could be offering. Yes. Actually, one of my HR specialists asked me that, like, can we, look at offering packages for the job seekers on resume help, cover letter help, interview skills. Um, so yeah, you're on it. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are tons of career coaches that would chomp at the bit to help out with that. Yeah, I think that's fabulous. Yeah, it would be great to have that right there. We're looking at adding a resource page for some of that as well. Awesome. And one more, you know, as a business owner, a, an additional revenue stream. There's always opportunities button out. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am super inspired now of looking at all the ways that I'm inefficient and need to start delegating more. <laughs> I've already contracted out some people from Hire My Mom, but I know that that is not the end as as the Spitbar coach and my newest project uh, that I'm hopefully going to launch by the end of the year starts to roll out. So I'm super excited to see where Hire My Mom goes and maybe I will be dipping into the concierge. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Although I do like interviewing people, but maybe it's the, the component of letting people down. <laughs> maybe you just need a little portion of concierge. Maybe just a little bit. Back, the backside of it. I just need the backside covered. <laughs> awesome. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for uh, spending your time on the Spitfire podcast and gracing us with your knowledge and experience and inspiration. It has been awesome. Well, thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share my journey with you and your audience. Awesome. Thanks so much. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. And I wanted to give you a fun little blooper that happened while we were recording this. Apparently the Spitfire power was a little too strong. Hope you enjoy it. I think your superpowers have really like gotten into the, yeah, I've never had my computer do that. I was like, then my screen went blank. So usually my powers are for good, but uh, (laughs) they do cross electronic hairs every now and again. Yeah. Now we're good. We got a little reset. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad that was in the beginning and not towards the end. Well, that's the beautiful thing about podcasts is people never know when they begin and end when you edit it up right. So that's good. Good point. So. All right. So we've, we've purged that from our system. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. So we're just going to do a reset and then okay. we'll get rocking and rolling. All right.